This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. You're listening to Reset here on 91.5 WBEZ. I'm Justin Kaufman. Well, the news these days, well, it's not pretty. We're in the middle of a global pandemic that's killed more than 200,000 people in the U.S. so far. Americans are divided into political tribes, and even those tribes are divided into smaller tribes. We're getting so many messages from so many places, repeated so many times. It can be hard to tell truth from fiction. Two years ago, Wynton Marsalis saw what was happening and decided, well, to write about it. What Marsalis ended up with is an extended piece, part music, part spoken word. It's called The Ever Funky Lowdown. There is only one savior, power, and money is his lone disciple. You're thinking about right and wrong and all that savior nonsense. Everything is relative. Some for me, some for you. Some for you, some for me. Some for me, none for you. Some for me, some for me, some for me. None for you, none for you. Here with more about the ever-funky lowdown is world-renowned trumpeter, composer, and director of jazz at Lincoln Center, Wynton Marsalis. Mr. Marsalis, welcome to Reset. Man, it's such a pleasure to be on with you. Thank you. Well, you know, this album, I, I kind of mentioned just the, the ever-funky lowdown. It's, it's a departure for you because it's less of a jazz album and more of an, of an opera. Talk about why you went and approached this album this way. I've written a lot of different extended pieces, and with each piece I try to do, use a different form. And also in every decade since the 1980s, I've written something about social justice and universal humanism. And each of those pieces also has a different type of a form. Blood on the Fields was an oratorio. Mm -hmm. From the plantation to pay attention was just songs with singing. Black Coats from the Underground was purely instrumental music. All Rides featured orchestra, chorus, and jazz band. So this one features a spoken word uh, featuring Wendell Pierce as Mr. Game. It's written in the form of a circus. That idea, that concept of written in the form of a circus, for you, it's not just Wendell's work is brilliant on, on the album. It's pushing yourself to different styles of music. I mean, as you look and, and you, you say it's like a circus, it does have a circus vibe, a circus feel. How important is it for you in your career to push yourself to do different things with new albums? Well, I always try to do things that I don't know. Usually with the long form pieces, I have to study a lot. Especially if it's more orchestration, how to use the orchestra and the sophistication of orchestration with all the strings and the, and the way the percussion is used. In the, in the case of this piece, actually, 
I didn't study anything. I just went back to music I played when I was growing up, funk music, uh, marching band music, different styles that I, I really knew, a modern language of jazz melody. It comes from the style that my father, Ellis Marcellus, mm. and James Black, a genius composer and drummer from New Orleans, both now deceased. They played this style in the 60s and 70s, playing a lot of odd meters. It's a kind of complex but still very soulful style. So uh, there are elements of, of that style. It's not something that I've used that much in the past mm -hmm. that I use for this piece. You know, you started writing this piece uh, two years ago, and as you mentioned, you've written many pieces uh, over the years, uh, dating back to the 80s, uh, that, that take on the social and racial issues in America. But, you know, what's different right now about this moment? What's happening in, in this country this moment? And how does this music uh, appeal to that or, or reflect that, uh, especially since you started writing it a couple years ago? The only thing that's different in the other moments is that this is this moment. The moments of the present are always different. But they also always have things in common with uh, things that have existed in the past. There's been other uh, racial awakenings and periods of social awakenings that have gone on. I'm a child of the 1960s. So you could not have anticipated the 1980s and the, the kind of stepping back from civil rights measures that we saw in that decade if you had lived through the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. But the same thing was true in the 1870s with the repeal and the rollback of Reconstruction. After the Civil War, you could not imagine that all those lives would have been lost to just allow the South to peel back everything and for them to uh, influence the Supreme Court and other judicial bodies to allow them to do what they, what they ended up doing. So the ever-funky lowdown is an international hustle. It addresses the United States, but it talks about human rights issues yeah. that exist across the world and have existed across time. We're talking with Winton Marcellus, we're talking about his new album, Ever Funky Lowdown. This is this idea that we're all being perpetually scammed, that the forces are at work to make us turn on each other and that we're not focused on the bigger picture. Is that accurate, the way I'm kind of taking away yeah. from what I hear from Mr. Game in the album and, and just, just the overall consensus of, of what you're trying to say? Yes, like a hustle. Like Otello, Iago comes in and he, he rides a fault line. When you have fault lines in your relationships, like if you don't get along with your brother or husband and wife don't get along, and someone comes in who wants to create more havoc, he just rides the fault line. So that's what Mr. Game does, and that's what a lot of despotic, powerful rulers have done throughout time. They've exploited their own populace, which Mr. Game breaks down in seven steps. And those seven steps remain kind of loosely the same, which is at first they, they appeal to your sense that you're great and you're right and you're a winner. And then there's, you identify a weaker group and say they're the problem. And then you do harm to that group. When you do harm to that group, you solidify your communal bond. Then generally the despot gets all of the money and you get the associative glory of being a winner. Mm -hmm. So then you get a T-shirt and you get to, to talk about how great you are, but you don't get the spoils. Then... You rewrite the narrative and say that 
these people committed crimes against you, and it justified the violence that was committed against them. Then you have them say your narrative. But that's the truth of a funky lowdown. When you get a group that you have defeated for being others to actually espouse the rightness of your cause, and then the final step of the seven is you, those who have defeated the innocent because they're great and they're winners, enjoy the lies and the loss of life and the fruits of other people's labor and all other things that you've exploited them, and you have no shame or remorse or thought whatsoever. But that's the, that's the seven mm-hmm. objectives of the Ever Funky. Yes, yes. Well, now, there's quite a few of them. We must keep an eye on them. They may want to challenge our greatness. How are they different from us? How many are there again? Mm, I think that's a lot. They may want to take our things. Oh, glorious people, the world is divided into haves and have-nots. Are we not winners? With God as my witness, we need to watch them. Beware. They're going to cause problems. I mean, it's the ultimate hustle. <laughs> That's what it is. Right. Uh, and, you know, as we talk about the, you know, the, the messages and, and what's at the core of the music, let's talk about the music, too, because jazz you know, at its best and, and America at its best is about people coming together from different backgrounds and uh, listening to each other to create something bigger than themselves. Right? So, so how, do, right. How, how does this album do that? Because that's what I love about the album is there's so many different eclectic styles that kind of come together, whether it be you know, Wendell Pierce's lyrics or the circus music or, or just the fact that there's orchestra in this and, and it's, like I said, it's kind of operatic. There's, there's a lot of different things coming together to make one piece of music. Well, the thing is that it all is together. Like Wendell and I, we, we went to the same high school. He's three years younger than I am. He was a freshman when I was a junior. So a lot of the music we grew up listening to and playing, our three fantastic singers, they're young. Ashley Pizzotti does a fantastic job. Camille Thurman, perfect pitch, singing that very difficult. The middle part, Christy DeShield, things are so much soul and color and clarity. And just to say how much rehearsing they did to get their parts on the level they got, because they have some very difficult parts. And our orchestra, we've been together for a very long time. We did the whole session in nine hours. Mm. And Doug Womble, our guitarist, my man that I've known since he was in college, he's a little younger than me, and he's a country boy from from, from Memphis, Tennessee, and he brought an added feeling to it. But because we all are in the same space and in the same understanding, and this is a music that's a part of our national heritage, we didn't have to do a lot. Until in the music, we just had to play it. Slide of hand by trade. Sign a bill, don't even read the bill. I sign a bill, don't even read a bill. Enforce a law I never saw. I enforce a law I never even saw. Put them in jail, but they commit the crime. I'll put them away for a long, long time. I'm a night trader, baby. I'm a night trader. Slide of hand by trade. The music is ironic and that it's happy. 
And even though people are describing terrible things like the prejudices they had and terrible things they're doing, they're celebratory about it. Mm-hmm. That's because the great conductor, Kurt Mazur, who was in the German Army in the 1940s, told me that the thing that people don't understand about Nazism is how much cheerleading went on with it. There's always the feeling that the people were dragged into doing what they did. And he said, that's not how it was. Mm. They were celebrating while they did it. And he said, there's also the thought that, well, people were poor, so that's why they did that, what they did to Jewish people, and no one knew. He said, everybody knew. He said, I knew, and it was not because they were poor. They were sold a vision of their greatness and was inaccurate. And with that vision, they committed crimes against humanity. So he was always very clear with me. He's passed on. And he was the reason I wrote the piece All Rise, which mm. is the piece that I, I've written that's closest to the Ever Funky Lowdown. He requested that I write that piece for the New York Philharmonic, which he was the conductor of the Philharmonic at that time, and actually teased me for 10 years and saying, are you still afraid to write for the New York Philharmonic? Are you going to learn how to write for the New York Philharmonic? So I always think about him and his life and his journey and how important it was for him to tell me what he wanted that piece to be about. And he also admonished me in saying, friend, he always called me friend, friend, you don't understand how thin the line is between barbarism and civilization, Mm. but it's very thin. Wynton Marsalis is with us, uh, a cultural icon whose new album with the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra is the Ever Funky Lowdown. We've talked on this program, we talked um, when uh, Joe Siegel died at the Jazz Showcase, we talked about just where jazz is at, not just with the pandemic, but uh, where we are in 2020. You at the at the head of the Jazz at Lincoln Center, which is arguably one of the biggest jazz institutions in this country, maybe even in the world, how are you surviving during this pandemic, not being able to put on shows, but at the same time just trying to keep this culture alive? We are struggling because we're not able to make any money. But we're calling on our friends and our supporters. And, you know, we're put in a position where we have to be humble and we have to ask people to sustain us through this period so we can continue to serve them. But we are also online and we've created close to 500 pieces of content that we've put up since March. Mm. Our management team meets every day. Our staff is fired up. Our board is dedicated. And we continue to survive and manage through this. But I would be lying if I didn't tell you this is a struggle. Before I let you go, I just want to offer my condolences. I mean, you lost two people closest to you uh, in this world during COVID-19. Uh, your dad, Ellis Marcellus, who's one of the, the legends uh, in, in jazz, pianist and educator. Also your friend, Stanley Crouch, uh, the writer and cultural critic. This has got to be just devastating for you to be at the helm of a jazz institution, but also for you personally uh, to lose such uh, important people in your life. Yeah, that, that was two of my pillars, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm at a certain age. I mean, I'm grown. So a lot of people have lost loved ones in this time. Mm-hmm. For a 58-year-old man, it's not not like it's easier because you're older. Yeah, it hurts. But uh, people are suffering everywhere. Yeah. But I haven't had the time to really indulge myself in my, my own feelings. Just it's. They, they were two pillars for me. And, you know, of course, my father is the reason that I played music. And I always, uh, and it, the ironic thing, they were both two kind of non-emotional type people. And most of the time I would just tease them and mess with them and make fun of them. So I just missed playing with them, really. 
because they'll be real serious about issues, and I'm always joking around. Your dad taught thousands, thousands of students over the decades. But what's the one thing he taught you about music, about life, that you're applying right now to get through this moment in time? You know, he taught me so much, man, to boil it down to one thing. I'll go back to the last thing he told me when I was speculating on that he would have COVID. He said, because you lose a loved one, is not any more tragic than anybody else losing, losing a loved one. You know, everybody is, is, is suffering. So... From that, he meant have, take a, take, have a larger point of view. And I guess the main thing my father was, be big. Be bigger than yourself. Look around. The world is, is full of people. He hated you to call somebody them. I wrote a piece in the ever-funky lowdown called Them. I remember being a boy. And if I would say them, he would say, who is them? He called you bro when he was mad at you. Who is them, bro? Let's call them this. Let's call them that. Or something funny, maybe this and that. Where do they live? What do they eat? What do they talk about when they meet? Can you name them? Do you know any of them? Do you know where they are? What do you know about them? So he was always insistent on you developing a personal relationship with information that came out of your mouth. So I take that away uh, from, from him and just challenge myself to be bigger. The new album is called The Ever Funky Lowdown, and the artist Wynton Marsalis, who is uh, a jazz legend and uh, an American treasure. Uh, Mr. Marsalis, thanks so much for joining us on Reset today. appreciate it. All right, little brother. Take care. Oh, mighty people, we must be inhospitable to them and to any group of outsiders who come here disrespecting our flag and our beliefs. Here's the lowdown. Keep them down. Keep them away. Let no wound be too small to inflict. Quietly make sure they are slowly strangled by all of the systems across this mighty nation. Your first prize, great and glorious people, is the freedom of segregation, segmentation, and homogenization. Everywhere you look, you will only see yourself. I got And that's today's Reset. Want more great conversations like this one? Check out the Reset archives at wbec.org slash reset. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you right back here tomorrow for another Reset from Chicago's NPR station, 91.5 WBEZ.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.